hey everybody, how are we doing? Thanks for listening. This is Musicians and Makers. Uh, we just kind of jumped into conversation, but here we are. Uh, we're sitting tonight uh, with Don, uh, and Don is in the band Core Deluxe. But no, one of my first questions uh, when I was kind of chatting with Steve, what we're going to talk about tonight, was like, yeah, it was it was cool to hear some of those like male driven parts uh, in in this album. Um, and like, you know, not to take away, you know, your voice is beautiful, but it was nice to have like the double component going on and to see like, if that's a direction that you plan to move in a little bit more in the future. I could never, if I was a drummer, what he's doing, I mean, it's hard to mm. sing. I mean, to sing and drum, I definitely wouldn't be able to do it. So I think it's tough for him, but I'm a big fan of Dana's voice and I love those two songs. And I worked on a song this winter with a side not really a side project it was just like a songwriter's thing that we were doing with a lead guitarist tim and he sang a little bit and kind of a like a spoken word type sound kind of like the ocs maybe they mm-hmm. kind of do that and so but he had a knack for that in that song and i told him i was like you know this next album i see it go in a little bit different direction of just being mostly me singing. So I'm excited to see if I can get all three of the guys singing. <laughs> cool. I'm with it. <laughs> it's a matter of time. Yeah. <laughs> the more I listen to Cold Summer, it's probably my favorite on the record. Um mm. so I'm happy about I'm happy about having that on there and that he sang. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. And this album just came out uh, September 30th, I believe you released uh, Dream Life. It was supposed to be out in May, and we had hoped to do a show. Actually, we had hoped to make the run up to New York, and of course, everyone knows what happened. But our album was actually on the press at Got a Groove, and they were pressing the record. And then the very next day after they started it, they sent us the videos. They shut down the doors for you know COVID. Oh, are they coming back? Is it just like a temporary? It was no, then they, you know, they gave us 40 extra because they had started. I don't know the whole oh. process of the pressing, but when they started, I think it, you know, they had to stop and restart and we got 40 extra albums, but they were a great company to work with. Mm. Um, Levi, Black Belt Mastering in Seattle, did the mastering and he, he goes, I've got a group and they were cool. They sent us, you know, videos of it on the, on the press and, the history behind it, you know, I was talking to someone about it about this year because I don't care who you are. This year has been hard. For mm-hmm. And you know, we, as a small band, haven't suffered at all compared to people that are on tour and really need support right now. Bands that depend on selling merch. I've been trying to buy two albums on Bandcamp, especially the bands that were depending on tours because... Mm-hmm. We weren't. We were just going out there releasing our first album. We all have jobs. And we were bummed, but when we put it in perspective, there's so much more to be thankful for. And hopefully, I mean, I'm optimistic, but I'm hoping next year is way better than 2020. Yeah, the thing I keep hearing from people when we do interviews is like everyone's just grateful that they have the privilege to make music um, or to make art for that matter. Uh, And to think like to have some of that privilege ripped from you because you just, you can't right now, you know, and and that's how you're creating this income, which allows you to drive that. It's crazy, Um, you know? For everyone, for stores, for record stores, for 
So I think just like supporting small steps and then, you know, your favorite band. Like I just, I think I got this past month, I bought the Idols record that they just came out with. Um, and then also Bombera. I think I'm pronouncing it right. They're a New York band that are really good. And then Weeping Icon, they're from Brooklyn. So I've just been trying to buy albums during this whole COVID on band camp and just supporting people. But it it has been tough, but I think there's going to be a lot of great music happening yes. once things... Because anyone knows, I'm a painter as well, and anyone knows that art in any form has to do with pain sometimes. And some of the best music out there is from pain and all this, war, anything. You know, Rift is about war, and... Rift was created right before COVID. It was weird. I started feeling like anxiety about just some different things in politics that were going down mm -hmm. and the fires in Australia. So there's a line that mm -hmm. talks about the fires in Australia and just the political mess we're in. And then bam, we finished it, sent it in and then COVID happened. And so to me, that song is kind of the start. It was kind of like a, like a prophetic thing that happened and we all just sat back at at the band and they're like don't let dawn rush any more songs right now <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i think the last line that i wrote before like covid hit i was working on like a punk song and i like the chorus just chanted we bury children while lies vocalize and then after that was another like oh moment you know <laughs> yeah that, are you in a punk band uh, I just left that band, uh, but I was in a band called Amitié. Uh, we toured Europe uh, last year. Uh, got to play some really cool fests um, out that way, um, and then did a fest in Canada uh, called New Friends Fest. So, if you ever right. a fan of like Jerome's Dream, Loma Prieta, Sasha, Page Ninety Nine, that kind of stuff, we were in that vein. Okay, uh, I'll have to look some of that up. Cool. Our, yeah. Romer, the singer Dana, he's in a punk band as well called Noncompliance. They're local to our area and um he's turned me on to a few bands that i've actually started to really like because i was lacking in a lot of punk knowledge you know <laughs> everyone thinks like ramones and stuff but i really like ramones now because of him it's good to broaden your perspective of music and also it's interesting to listen to something like if you're in a band like for maybe three or four days mm -hmm. straight and then go to the band room and see what happens because you don't even know it, but some of the stuff you've been listening to just like somehow formulates in your mm. style out in that, mm -hmm. in that way. Cause I did that with a, <laughs> I think I listened to idols over and over yeah. and then I got in the band started and the guys are like, what do you play? And I was like, I don't know. I just got crazy, you know, playing some music. <laughs> it just changed my style. And I was like, Oh, I need to listen to our music, I guess. again." Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what, what am I playing? Uh -oh. No, it's been, it's been fun just to not like, I guess not have limitations as an, as an artist, you know, I don't ever want to be told what to play. <laughs> oh no, absolutely. And it's, it's great to sneak some influences in there. Um, yeah whether they're intentional or not intentional, right? <laughs> um, for myself, when I listen to your music, um, you know, I, some of the reverb and the effect on the vocals, it reminds me of like an older pop style, but then I'm drawn to like those progressive patterns and the instruments and the melodic tones. Kind of reminds me of like, um, I don't know if you're familiar with like Warpaint, but some of like their early pieces. Uh, what's, was, what are like... What, what you got? 
Well, I was wondering what your take was on it because it's always interesting what people say we we sound like. I've gotten anything from Sonic Youth, Broken Social Scene to yeah. to Lush, and even some punk stuff. So it's like, huh? I like I want to I wanted to hear what your take on yeah. it was. What did you say earlier, Steve? Uh, the, some of the guitars, like the really, really fun noodly riffs, it reminds you of a lot of like Block Party, the Silent Alarm album. I don't know why. I just like I heard it and I just like instantly got flashback to 2003. That's gonna make everyone in the band happy because they're minus the bear Block Party and mm. late 90s to early 2000s have influenced the whole band. Um, for me, I would say, and actually for three of us. We lived off of Deep Elm. So mm. Appleseed Cast is probably one of my favorite bands of all times during that during that time. And and I just loved all the compilations that were coming out. Like when you would get a CD in the mail. <laughs> that shows my age a little bit, but <laughs> I'm 38. But I would love I would love to listen to everything they sent and learned about different bands through Deep Elm. And they mm. actually, I would say they're a big influence into me as an artist now, how I've progressed into what I liked to becoming a musician. I'd say I'd give them 50% credit and Sunny Day Real Estate. I love Sunny Day Real Estate. <laughs> that holds I mean, a special place in my heart. I would run and listen to them and I was like, man, I would do anything to be in a band that sounded like that. You know? <laughs> Absolutely. So your your band camp says that you're from North Carolina and more specifically Kill Devil Hills. Yeah, uh, that is a super interesting name. Can you tell me anything kind of cool about that? So there's a myth. This is kind of a fun one. There's a myth that Kill Devil Hills has its name because it's a barrier island. It's a really cool place. It's just beautiful and surrounded by water on both sides. And back in the day, the pirates would come in and land and have rum everywhere. And they would make rum that was so strong it would kill the devil. Nice. (laughs) It's what I've been told. I could be totally wrong. Actually, some friends of mine have a distillery that's called Kill Kill Devil Rum. And, you know, they started rum. But it's got a lot of all kinds of stories. If you research the Outer Banks, it's it's pretty special place. Like I definitely just left New York. I'm actually in Baltimore right now. I wasn't supposed to be tonight. I forgot about the interview to be honest. Oh, no. so yeah. <laughs> That's okay. I normally don't, but it's, I've been traveling nonstop and hey, you I made it. <laughs> went to Jersey on the coast. I actually loved Asbury park, Asbury, Asbury park. I always say it wrong. And I had the, I had the best time there and then came to Baltimore and then I'm on the way to the mountains for five days. It was kind of an ode to to relax after the album. And I'm, I've got my amp, I've got a mini amp, my mandolin, a guitar and a notebook. And I plan to just sit up in the mountains for five days and just kind of see what happens. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited about the next, the next part. I was in New York um, to talk about music and share a record a little bit and then do this kind of stuff. And now I'm just going to go unwind. So well-deserved. That sounds great. Um, so you are also a full-time painter. Uh, I know you kind of brought that up earlier. Um, yeah. I've seen some of your work on Instagram. There's like a, a, a serious like brightness to some of your pieces. Like the palette is like 
vibrant yellows, greens, reds, blues. Like you're not afraid to like really just shine that for through. Uh, what do you what do you like to paint, and and how does that process uh, kind of like happen for you? To be honest, the stuff that I love to paint is some of my more wild, abstract expression paintings that I'm not even thinking about what I'm doing, and stuff comes up. I was telling another artist this other day because I do one for every commission painting I do. And it's not like I don't like painting pelicans. I, everyone calls me the pelican painter because <laughs> where I make my living full time off my art. So sometimes I will paint things for people, you know, that want the pelican. They want um, a Outer Banks landscape. And I don't ever dislike painting that or I would not do that. But mm -hmm. it's not like who I am coming out. And here I've been painting a lot of political stuff and I have a few that I've sold, but I'm doing a series right now that is a little bit different that I probably won't sell. I'm doing, um, it's just a whole political series. And it, sometimes I feel like you reach a certain point in life as an artist that you have to do stuff and what should be always, to be honest, and not care what anyone thinks. Mm. And so with this series, I had a vision. I was sitting there painting and it was kind of crazy. It was like a, a slideshow in my mind of five paintings to do. And I, I've never had that. And mm. so, oh, oh, oh. And it's about a, a girl in a blue dress and it's different scenarios of the blue dress. And so I'm doing that and then painting commissions as well. And I'm really thankful. I have a friend that owns a coffee shop and she roasts her own coffee, Ashley's Espresso. And I have a, it's in the corner and I sit there and drink coffee and paint. That's wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. And I, sometimes if I don't want to talk to people, I just put my headphones on and I'll, I'll paint. And, and I just, I feel thankful. And I don't, I don't know what I would do a nine to five job or something I didn't mm. like to do or somewhere inside, you know, I could do something outside, but as an artist and I'm, my friends call me squirrel sometimes, you know, I could, <laughs> <laughs> like being a secretary or something, anything that had to do with organizing, I would struggle big time. And I know that, mm. at, you know, for myself, but I'm very fortunate to live on a beautiful Island and paint. Happy little trees. <laughs> <laughs> I have a friend who paints people's dogs for a living. Yeah. Um, and they're wonderful. They're beautiful, you know. And then, like, I think because, like, we talk about it and it's, you know, just out there. The wonderful phone picks it up. And next thing you know, like, Facebook land is showing me, like, where you can buy, like, a portrait of a dog online and stuff like that. Yeah. And I'm just like, no, like, what are you guys doing? Like, we have, like, an awesome, like, local artist who can do this stuff. So the fact that people value your work and you get to paint those pelicans, that's awesome. You know, yeah. <laughs> that's great. Sometimes you'll have commissions, though. Whew. I just actually on the way to New York had to stop and deliver a commission. And I she wanted me to hang it for. So I hung and it was a big it was a big painting of um, it was a landscape. And she got it up there and she's like, now, do you think you'd like to come back and make the water lighter? And I was like. I just looked at her and I just, <laughs> and I was like, why don't you look at it for a week and get back with me and see if you really want to change it. But it's hard because some people, they kind of want to kind of want to own you for a little bit too, as yeah. an artist. I've had three in my lifetime that have done that and it, it became a, a draining process and, and I'm pretty um, friendly 
And I probably would go back and fix the water if she really wanted it lighter. Uh-huh. But it, <laughs> it was interesting to hang it. And then I'm trying to get to New York because I had to, you know, dr- a long drive. And she's like, did you bring your paint now? And I was like, no, I didn't. Uh-huh. <laughs> but you would never ask like a musician, like, you know, I really like that song, but do you think like you could pick it up a little bit in like the second half? You know, like it's kind of an odd thing. I get it's commissioned, sure, so there's some ownership there, but I don't know. That's just how it came out the first time. That's kind of the beauty I see in it. Yeah, and there has to be – that's why – I mean, I'll take some commissions, but that's why it's fun when you're just painting stuff and then putting in local galleries or restaurants. I sell a lot in restaurants as well, and then it sells because the people that buy it are automatically drawn to it. You know, It's not like you're even there to talk talk to them about it. Mm Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, I like to do my deep stuff. If you go through my Instagram, you'll see some, I guess, more surreal, emotional art, and then you'll see happy sceneries and pelicans. <laughs> so I got to ask, uh, where did you guys come up with the name Core Deluxe? That's not, uh, that doesn't roll off the tongue very easily. No, it doesn't. And, you know, we sat as a band for two months back and forth on the phone texting for a band name for a long time and actually this is funny i don't know who came up with it it was either dana or me i liked uh talk test no one liked that and then someone like <laughs> like delta sleep something and no one liked that and then uh, someone someone you know we'd always have one person that liked something but no one agreed on it all and then we started tired of it for about two months and it was either me or dana that no i think it was me I, I typed in um light within the heart and um two of our band members have had medical history and i won't get in depth with that without talking to them but they've had some things mm-hmm. that happened with their heart and so atheroma was a song that was kind of written about that as well but i thought it it would be neat to mention um, core, like the the four of us, like light within the heart. And so that's kind of what that means in Latin. But oh, wow. people pronounce it different. A lot of times someone will say, I don't know. Some I can't even remember how people pronounce it. But sometimes people, you guys got it right. But sometimes people do not get it right. I could see somebody trying to throw a French sling on it, like a Côte de Luch. <laughs> yeah, like. <laughs> I think that's the one that the guys in the band hate too. Côte de Luch. Yeah. <laughs> um, there should be a book on that. There should be a book on all the band names <laughs> in alphabetical order and how they came up with the band names. It's kind of interesting to hear certain people's stories about that. How did you name? Are y'all both in a band? Uh, we uh, used to be in a few bands together. Yeah, um, the day. yeah, so let's see. So amitié uh, is, is a French word. Uh, we have a couple of French members. Um, and it kind of like it, it spans from like a word that means like in unity or like, you know, in friendship. Um, so we used to be in a band called Agape, uh, which, again, is like selfless, unconditional love. Uh, and it just became this thing where like I've been playing with the same people for over 10 years. Uh, and you know, we just always found a way to harmonize together and just to make it work. Uh, so it, it seemed to like hold a, a pretty, you know, important place with us. But I mean, Steve and I had like a high school band called these lost years, <laughs> you know, yeah. like there's we, a meeting about behind that. <laughs> uh, I there's think my little, first band was six stereo, you know, 
I remember that, Josh. I remember. Oh that. my god. I know there again. If I have to think about one band that I would want to know why their band was named that, I don't know. I might think about that tonight for a while. Yeah. <laughs> There's some weird band names out there. Even like King Gizzard. I mean, we already talked about them. King Gizzard. That's just a ridiculous name in itself. <laughs> So obviously, you know, you're an artist uh, and I noticed like there's kind of like a pattern going on with some of like the latest releases on Bandcamp, uh, you know, just like where the the theme lies and just the fact that like the title seems to be in the same place throughout. Are you like part of that design process? Uh, just that pattern theme? I would say no. And um, I can kind of show you an example, except for mm. the hand. I yeah. I designed that on my phone and the image was the hand of our bass player okay. and an image of it in sand. And then I did an overlay of a moon and discolored it. I did Ooh. that one. The The bridge one, the gravity kills one was done by Tim, the lead guitarist. He actually used to do packaging and graphic work for bands back when there were CDs in Arizona. Mm. So he, He's the one that's had the most experience and in, in bands and all that promotion. And he actually, and I'll, and I'll show you the album he did. He does all the font stuff. He just got a, a good eye for that kind of stuff. So he mm-hmm. does all the font, the image. This is a painting. Of, wow. um, I know it's a girl, Taylor Williams back home and she does super realistic painting. So, but Tim does all of the, like the font on the back. He, he packages everything. I definitely would not be good at kind of like my art. I'm very loose. So anything mm. organized, yeah. <laughs> like putting our record on band camp. Right. You know? But yeah, he's, <laughs> he was really good at that. And John um, is a photographer. The okay. bass player is actually a photographer as well and does amazing photos, mostly landscape type mm. stuff in the moon and, I don't know, but he's just very talented as well. So, but between all of us, we kind of work together and not one person decides on an image. I mean, a lot of stuff gets shot down when they're mm-hmm. each have an equal part, mm-hmm. have to each take that equal part. And if one doesn't like it, then, you know, we try and we try to keep that in mind. Someone that day was like, why don't you have your painting on the cover? Mm. I don't know why I don't. I, I don't, I want to use other people's stuff and I want to keep that separate. I mean, that's my Mm -hmm. livelihood. Maybe that's why, maybe because Mm -hmm. that's my livelihood. And this is my, I I don't want to just say passion. It is my passion Mm -hmm. and art's my passion too, but it's different. That's my money maker. And right now this is, this is like my outlet. How could you run from one and have a break if it's right there with it? You know? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, the only one it looked like I thought maybe you had painted was um, replacements uh, with the heart on the uh, on the front. That one was actually on Bandcamp. Yeah, that was pre that was pre anything. That was kind of at the beginning before we got into releasing stuff on like that's not on Spotify like that. That's mm-hmm. just on Bandcamp. But yeah, that one was, and they used that because I actually painted that in two thousand and four. Mm. a long time ago and um they it has the heart i think it's wrapped in barbed wire i should know with the little people and the light coming out and it was like kind of this crazy abstract stuff but 
But yeah, you're right. Good on. Yeah. yeah right. <laughs> well, I saw the colors. I'm telling you, there's a vibrancy to your painting uh, that just, it's shown through to me, you know? <laughs> I know the darkest one I've ever done without too much, and it still has bright color. I have a hard time not using color. It would probably be the one I just posted on my Instagram art account of CBGB. I did one of the CBGB building. Mm -hmm. And it's pretty dark compared to all my bright stuff, I guess. Yeah, and for those listening at home, it's at Red Dawn Designs on Instagram. Do you find your music is easily relatable or that there's like a, like ever like a pressure to create what others want to hear in your music? I hope not. I, that's what I never, that's what I was saying earlier. I never want to do anything to please people because then you, mm -hmm. you set yourself up for getting destroyed emotionally. I think that everyone wants to create something that someone likes, but I think the musicians that I like when I see them perform, they just seem free and it's not like they're holding anything back. And so I think when you reach that point, and I think I haven't even reached it yet. I think I'm starting to, but we have some new stuff that we're working on that I hope we get at least two songs soon for the next album we do that just has has a different feel for it. And I, I can't explain it other than I don't care what people think about it. <laughs> That's the best so, way. Yeah. <laughs> I like our, for a while I was thinking, wow, you know, is, is like gravity kills too happy sounding. Cause we have like that double, we have the same guitars. We have the last Paul Gibson tributes from 54, mm. same exact guitars, just different color, the same. <laughs> amp. And so we have like, like a lot of layering and the, um, the best guitar parts are definitely from Tim, but <laughs> in, <laughs> even, in that song, you can really hear the, like the little happy noodling effects. Mm -hmm. And, but then I listened to it and I'm like, you know what? I like that song. I like the meaning behind that song. Yeah. And I don't care if it sounds happy, <laughs> you know, I don't, yeah. I yeah. don't care. When I first started, I think there was some pressure to maybe be, I don't know, a certain way. And then now that I think about it and I look back, that was a progression as a band and that's our history. And some of the best music from bands that I love are their first few albums. Yeah. I won't name the band, but there's a band from the nineties that I used to like. And every 15 year old and 96 probably liked them. And they've recently released some music like a few weeks ago. And I can't believe how horrible it sounded. <laughs> And I know that happens as as musicians or you create something. But then I started thinking, the reason I'm saying this is because I personally didn't like it. But what if that artist was for a long time trying to keep the same sound mm -hmm. that they had in that generation? And now they just don't care. They're yeah. just doing whatever they want to do. Sure. So you have to take the mentality of that. Maybe that was a different band for them. And this is something different. Mm -hmm. So I think then... I was able to listen with more open ears. And I, I think that's important in music and art and just actually not in music and art as a, like a human and humanity to be able to see people with more open eyes and open ears. And especially after this year, you know, I don't even have to say you guys No, we need to be better humans. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I could agree more. Yeah, absolutely. I'm really excited for 2021 just to hear probably some of my favorite musicians come out with great emotional music. Some of the stuff that Future Islands just released, I don't know if you guys listen to them, 
But um, they released a few singles and it's really heartfelt and emotional. And I, I was speaking to a friend the other day saying, we're going to see a lot of that coming out. Think mm-hmm. about all the time in quarantine and all the emotional political crap that everyone's going through. But COVID hit the whole world. It's not just like, yeah, you know, it's not just a small sect of people. It's a lot of people. So I think that there's going to be beauty out of ashes, I guess. There's going to be some great art, visual art, music, everything. Yeah, even like, I don't know, I, I some of my friends I haven't really seen too much uh, throughout all of this. And like, I had a chance to go for like a little hike with one of my buddies today. And like, it takes a minute again to like start that relationship up and, and like just get back to that place where like you're socializing all the time. Um, and then like, you know, immediately like I jumped to like, Oh, and I got this music project I want to work on with you. You know what I mean? Like there's just like <laughs> this passion already just to like, I, I got to make up for lost time. You know what I mean? And yeah, there's going to be some beautiful things that come out. I'm sure. And I can't wait to hear what everyone, you know, has to show us and show us where they're coming from. Yeah. We're just going to sure. get through the end of this year. <laughs> where are you guys out of? I didn't even ask. Where where are you based out of? Uh so we're like Providence, uh Rhode Island area. Um so I love Rhode Island. Yeah. I, I went up there to my aunt um lives she's a doctor in Connecticut near mm-hmm. close to Rhode Island border, but yeah, I went um near Westerly. Yeah, totally. And and then I surfed the, a little bit out there and mm-hmm. I loved the people and I went into a little Italy mm-hmm. and Providence. Yep. That's in Providence. Yep. Mm-hmm. With Italian family. I have some, I'm actually Italian, even though I look really Irish, I've got <laughs> a lot of Italian, but I really loved Rhode Island. I, mm. I don't know why I went there and it was neat. Well, we've got some really good food, especially around that little yeah. Italy area. Um, you know, we have like Johnson and Wales, uh, headquarters right there. Uh, so you get a lot of like culinary experts in the area, which is awesome. And I feel like, you know, anytime you can get away to like the beach and everything, that's, that's just a nice thing to have. What about uh, like, like big bands from there? I'm trying to think if I know any big um, bands of Rhode Island. So, uh, there's a band called Daughters that, um, has been pretty big oh. lately. They're the more met. There's daughter and there's daughters. Daughter is the one I'm thinking of with the female singer, correct? Uh, daughters, no, it's it's the heavier band. Um, mm-hmm. Heard them. Yeah. I heard both of. Them. I forgot that there was the two. Yeah, well, they. <laughs> I also um, I know the guitars pretty well. I worked with them, and uh, he always jokes that like they should have been called brothers, and people like mix that up all the time or like sisters, you know. So <laughs> they've heard it, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I know I listened to the female singer for daughter because mm-hmm. if you've ever heard her voice, I mean, it's totally different music than daughters, but she has a phenomenal voice. <laughs> yeah. And then like, even like some older artists, um, was it John Cafferty and the Beaver Brown band? That was a big Rhode Island band back in the day, which if you're not familiar, uh, they had um, a, a movie called Eddie and the Cruisers where like the saxophone player actually like dies in a tub, but. Oh my God. <laughs> it's yeah and they just like they're just super old school rock and roll like sax going and like i just remember seeing them live with like my dad as a kid and you know the singers like standing on like the seats of an old theater going on the dark side you know <laughs> it's great <laughs> i'm gonna look it up as soon as we're done with the conversation i love stuff like that oh uh, yeah it was like if if he could be bruce springsteen you know what i mean like that's just all he ever wanted and it's beautiful <laughs> yeah 
that speaking of that um in Asbury Park that's where he's from and everyone talks about the music scene there and I was actually impressed by how much this little town in Jersey mm. is thrives off of music they said they're struggling right now because of bands not being able to perform but yeah that's where he's from and I guess Johnny Cash used to stay in a hotel down there mm. by the beach but or live there and it was just a neat little music town and Bruce Springsteen is my first record memory when I was a little girl I was mm. probably three I remember looking at Born in the USA yeah. on my record player so that was my first musical memory and record pretty wild I love Bruce though yeah, Bruce. my dad loved Bruce too. Obviously, I was going to the John Cafferty show, you know, <laughs> but <laughs> oh, it was his thing for sure. And we actually, we spoke with uh, with a member of Au Revoir. Was it Eric we spoke to um, from New Jersey? And yeah, he was talking about like how big like Bruce is for them and like how they like worked with one of his songs to create one of their songs back in the day and stuff. Yeah, it's like, it's pretty like it's held nicely there, which is kind of nice too. There's patches, candles, and I asked someone that was honest. I, I spoke to this older Sicilian man that runs. I'm, I've got a name drop this place because it was the most welcoming place I've ever <laughs> been. They didn't know me. It was called Frank's Deli, and it was probably I think 60 year old um, deli restaurant. And his dad was Frank, and he was Joe, and they ran this Sicilian deli breakfast place that mm. they were so nice but he i asked him i said so is bruce nice you know everyone loves him is he actually <laughs> nice and he was like yeah he's really down to earth and cool so that was good to hear like they really yeah. love bruce <laughs> makes sense to me if he's a nice guy that's like half the battle <laughs> yeah you can be famous but at the end of the day if you're a jerk yeah not nice. cool I went to go see this band like I don't know a while back and I was really excited for the opening act and I just remember like the guy just got on stage and was like bashing people who were standing in the front and telling them like they were just waiting for the bigger band to get on and like to stop like lip syncing because they don't know the words and just like bash these poor people and I think they were they were probably like you know the younger teen audience who like let's face it this might be one of their first shows they're just excited to be there with their friends and I'm like, yeah. it's just, I've never been able to listen to that band again. You know, it's just sour. They were the opening band? Yeah, a larger opening band. You know, it was it was a larger touring act, but it was just kind of like, man, I really liked what you had going on. And now it's just like, no. That, that'll ruin it for me. If I see someone being, uh, you know, humanity, again, that's all I yeah. have to say. If I, yeah. You need to be better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have uh, one atomic bomb question I need to ask that we need to edit in. You're, okay. All right, you're going to be an opener for a countrywide tour. Doesn't matter the era, doesn't matter if they're alive or not. What five bands are you going to go on tour with? Oh, preoccupation. <laughs> used to be Viet Cong. I'm currently kind of obsessed with their sound. Um, I also love a band out of Raleigh called Jenny Bazette. They're They're amazing. And they both of those bands are kind of that post-punk drivey sound. And uh Bombera and 
There's a band called Pale Diane, and I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right, that I've been listening to a lot lately, lately that has a female singer, and I really dig their style. Oh, Sub Pop has a band that is really good called Moaning. So I really like Moaning. Oh, and there's Jeremy Enoch. <laughs> <laughs> The bill's getting rather long. That's okay. (laughs) Every time I hear this question, I come up with different answers. (laughs) Yes. Can you ask that question again? (laughs) Yeah, right. It'd be a whole new bill, I'm sure. Yeah. 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 A whole new bill. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No. I want to meet. Actually, there's a lot of those, though, that I would probably be too nervous to play. So, (laughs) you know, I want to play with smaller bands for a while until I get. Oh, good. <laughs> There's more camaraderie with the smaller bands, too. Like, everyone's there together, and you're just so supportive. Sometimes it's scary to be around the big guy, <laughs> you know? Well, I will tell you, they probably would rather play the same, besides, you know, bigger audience to sell merch and stuff. A lot of them would like to play like how they did back in the day in small places. And mm-hmm. we've played on, at the Poor House, we played on bigger stages i mean that's small compared to to some bands but the biggest place we played we felt out of sync and our Mm. favorite place to play is on ground level small bars where people are in your face and on the same level there's something about me being on a stage that i don't like yeah I'd i'd rather play for 10 people that really liked music and were paying attention than a whole huge place of drunk people not paying Mm -hmm. attention and i've been in some bigger bars that are like that we've had like a lot of people there but maybe not so many people into it and then played at a smaller like dive bar and had six people right up front and their eyes are just looking at everything and they're so into it and those are my favorite shows and and so i I want to always keep that. And I'd be happy if we just play small places for the rest of my life. So. Yeah. And yeah, people have honestly, gone like whole tours to do that, you know, where it's just like their small show tour. I love that. Well, Jeremy Enoch just did that with his, he's, you know, he's the lead singer of Sunny Day. And he did that mm-hmm. with the live before COVID, of course, but living room um, tour where he just went into people's, they mm-hmm. submitted their house or coffee shop. And he would go into these tiny places and play. That's awesome. For 20, maybe like little private groups almost. But yeah. I thought that that was pretty neat and so intimate. It's like, when are you ever going to experience maybe your favorite artist doing something like that? Yeah, it's such a great way to give back. And even if you couldn't be there to know that like they're putting the time aside to do things like that, that feels really nice. I love that. When I saw some of those out West, I'm not sure if he did the ones on the East coast, but I know he went out and did a lot of them out West, but I was like, man, play in my living room. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> I do have to say though, I work at a venue that has a stage and I would say about 90% of the bands do not use the stage. So yeah. I, I think a lot of people are right there with you. <laughs> yeah. I just, I, I just like being, I don't like to feel up higher than yeah. the people either. Our guitarist was like, like that on the last day. She's like, can I just jump down and be down there? And like, no. <laughs> oh, this has been great. Uh, Don, I want to thank you again for talking with us tonight. 
again, this is Don of Core Deluxe. Uh, also, not Core de Lou, not Core de Lugs, uh, Core Deluxe. <laughs> yeah, Core de Lou. <laughs> um, and <laughs> I just want to thank you again for being here. Uh, where can we find out more about uh, your band, your art? Definitely our Instagram and um, Bandcamp. We have all the records that we would love to sell on Bandcamp. <laughs> we have a few records in Brooklyn that I've listed on our Bandcamp and on Instagram. And then locally on the Outer Banks, Mom's Sweet Shop. It's a cool little local store and they support locals i love places that do that i love places yeah new york all the record stores that i went into they were the smaller you know Mm -hmm. well smaller ones some of them weren't but they didn't even bat an eye they wanted to see the album they're like yeah we'll we'll support you we'll put you know put your stuff and actually i was really shocked by that because i was terrified to be honest to go in there (laughs) you know we don't have a label and we we produce this ourselves, and we don't have a huge following and it's just us. And so when I brought it in there, you know, it's hard to be like, Hey, look at my record. (laughs) (laughs) But I I believe in it. I do believe in it. And I believe in what we've done. I'm not at all ashamed of it. It's just, I don't want to become pretentious and be like, Oh, put my record in in your shop. You know, (laughs) they talked one guy that, that bought a few to put in there he's like be proud of it you know yeah. don't don't be ashamed you bring it in here and you ask and i you know i thought new york would have been a little bit harder on me and, and they were awesome i love new york <laughs> if you get a chance in new england or rhode island uh, go to armageddon records they they feel very much the same way i think you'll really appreciate it there yeah maybe i'll send my aunt with some records in there actually that'd be awesome uh, they're in Boston as well as Providence. So uh, I know if, if one's easier than the other, she's from Connecticut, I think you said, right? So, but yeah, cool shop. Out of Groove did a great job. The vinyl, you know, we we just chose, well, these are the black ones. We have some clear white ones too, but they did, they did an awesome job. If anyone is looking for someone to press records, they they were really easy to work with. And now we have, covid history in our records where they sat for was it two months Mm. crazy well i'm super excited to take another listen to the album now that i know a little bit more and uh thank you again for being here and this has been musicians and makers podcast and have a great night thank you so much